Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memorei Ram Goldai and today we're Zechus Beya Daf Yudal, the first parak Beit Sishon Olda Yantiv. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one and the next mission of Beit Shammai say that crushing spices on Yantiv requires a shinui zuta, a minor change, while crushing salt requires a greater shinui. Beit Sil will hold that crushing spices does not require any shinui, and crushing salt requires a minor shinui. They want to know that both Beit Shammai and Beit Sil agree that crushing salt requires more of a shinui than crushing spices, and ask for the reason. Rav Huna and Rav Chista offered different explanations. One said, Kol Kaderos Kun Srichas Melech, then Kol Kaderos Srichan Tavlin. All cooked dishes need salt, but not all cooked dishes require spices, meaning that even if a person did not know which dish he would cook before Yantiv, he certainly knew that he would need salt. He therefore should have crushed salt before Yantiv. The other one said, Kol Tavlin Mafikan Taman, Melech Enum Tama. All spices begin losing their flavor after being crushed, but salt does not begin to lose its flavor. After being crushed, the nafkamina between the two explanations is when he knew before Yantiv that he was going to cook a dish that required spices, or in a situation they decide to cook a dish on Yantiv with marika saffron, which does not lose any flavor after being crushed. Point number two: The next mission states, "Habora kidneys be Yantiv." A person wants to separate a mixture of kidneys and souls, such as earth and straw, on Yantiv. Beishamai say, "Bora ochel ochel." He must separate the food from the psolus and eat it. He may not separate the psolus from the food because Beishamai prohibit borer on Yantiv as well, even when it's for food preparation. Beishil say borer kadarko. He separates in the usual manner by taking the psolus from the food. According to Beishil, borer is permitted on Yantiv because it's a malacha that may be performed in preparation for food. It was taught in a brace where Mangamuil said that Beishil was referring to a case of kashaoch maruba al psolus, only when the food is more than the psolus. But if the psolus is more than the food, everybody agrees that he must take the food and leave the psolus, since this requires less effort. The Gemara asks, how would it be permitted to take the food from the psolus when there's more psolus, given that the earth and straw are muksa, and the entire mixture should thus be deemed muksa? The Gemara answers that this above ruling is in a situation that nafish betir kamizuta b'shi'ura, when taking out the psolus requires more effort than taking out the food, but the amount of psolus is smaller than the amount of food. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Beishamai say, yantav el manos. We may not send presents on Yantav with the exception of ready portions. Rush explains that only food ready to be eaten and not commonly left over until the next day, such as sliced portions of meat and fish, may be sent to friends. But Beishamai say that we may send animals, beasts, and fowl, whether alive or shachted, as well as wines, oils, fine flowers, and kidneys, but not grain. Since grinding the grain could have been done before Yantav without detracting from its taste, it's prohibited to be done. Rabbi Shimon permits grain to be sent. Rashi explains that it's possible to grind the grain in Yanta by first cooking it and then grinding it in a small mortar. So once again, the three points are number one. In the next mission of Beishamai say that crushing spices on Yanta requires a shinui zuta, a minor change, while crushing salt requires a greater shinui. Beishil hold that crushing spices does not require any shinui, and crushing salt requires a minor shinui. The Gemara notes that both Beishamai and Beishil agree that crushing salt requires more of a shinui than crushing spices, and as for the reason, Rav Huna and Rav Chisa offered different explanations. One said, Kol kaderos kulan tzrichos melech, then kol kaderos tzrichos tavlin. All cooked dishes need salt, but not all cooked dishes require spices, meaning that even if a person did not know which dish he would cook before yantiv, he certainly knew that he would need salt. He therefore should have crushed salt before yantiv. The other one said, Kol tavlin mafikin taman, melech enu mafikataman. All spices begin losing their flavor after being crushed, but salt does not begin to lose its flavor after being crushed. The nafkamini between the two explanations is when he knew before Yantiv that he was going to cook a dish that required spices, or in a situation they decided to cook a dish on Yantiv with marika, saffron, which does not lose any flavor after being crushed. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, Habor or kidneys be Yantiv. If a person wants to separate a mixture of kidneys and psolus, such as earth and straw, on Yantiv, 
Vishamai say, Bor Ochel Ochel. He must separate the food from the psolus and eat it. He may not separate the psalis from the food, because Beishamai prohibit borer on Yantav as well, even when it's for food preparation. Beishel will say, borer kadarko. He separates in the usual manner, by taking the psalis from the food. According to Beishel, borer is permitted on Yantav because it's a malacha that may be performed in preparation for food. It was taught in a bright realm when Gamliel said that Beishel was referring to a case, only when the food is more than the psalis. But if the psalis is more than the food, Everybody agrees that he must take the food and leave the psolus since this requires less effort. The Gemara asks how it would be permitted to take the food from the psolus when there's more psolus given that the earth and straw are muksa and the entire mixture should thus be deemed muksa. The Gemara answers that this above ruling is in a situation the nafish batircha bezuta b'shi'ura when taking out the psolus requires more effort than taking out the food but the amount of psolus is smaller than the amount of food. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Beishamai say, we may not send presents on Yantiv with the exception of ready portions. Rush explains that only food ready to be eaten and not commonly left over until the next day, such as sliced portions of meat and fish, may be sent to friends. But Basil say that we may send animals, beasts, and fowl, whether alive or shacked, as well as wines, oils, fine flowers, and kidneys, but not grain. Since grinding the grain could have been done before Yantiv without detracting from its taste, it's prohibited to be done. Rabbi Shimon permits grain to be sent. Rashi explains that it's possible to grind the grain in Yantiv by first cooking it and then grinding it in a small mortar. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Duff Yadalad, and our standard Simmer relates to a Yad, a hand, and we often use a juggler, a juggler. So here goes. The juggler masterfully juggling salt, spices, wood, and stone pestles, while doing borer of solace from kidneys, was touched when his neighbor sent him a cow as a present, along with wine and oil on Yantiv. Once again, it's the motion. The juggler, juggler, that must be more duff, yadalad, yad, hand. The juggler massively juggling salt, spices, wood and stone pestles, which reminds the Beisham Beisil agree that crushing salt requires more machinery than crushing spices. And Rafun and Rechisto offered different explanations. One said all cooked dishes need salt, but not all cooked dishes need spices. Meaning that even a person did not know which dish he would cook before Yantiv, he certainly knew that he would need salt and therefore should have crushed salt before Yantiv. The other one said... All spices begin losing their flavor after being crushed, but salt does not begin to lose its flavor after being crushed. And the nafkamina between the two explanations is when he knew before Yantiv was going to cook a dish that required spices, or in a situation that he decided to cook a dish on Yantiv with Marika saffron, which does not lose any flavor after being crushed. So the juggler masterfully juggling salt spices, wood and stone pestles, while doing borer of solace from kidneys, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states that one wants to separate a mixture of kidneys and psolus, such as earth and straw, on Yantib, Beishamai say, borer ochel ochel. He must separate the food from the psolus and eat it. He may not separate the psolus from the food, because Beishamai prohibit borer on Yantib as well, even when it's for food preparation. Beishil will say, borer kadarko. He separates in the usual manner by taking the psolus from the food. According to Beishil, borer is permitted on Yantib, because it's a malachim that may be performed in preparation for food. So the juggler massively juggling salt spices wood and stone pestles while doing borer of solace from kidneys was touched when his neighbor sent him a cow as a present along with wine and oil on Yantiv. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Beisham may say, Ein We may not send presents on Yantiv with the exception of ready portions. But she explains that only food ready to be eaten and not commonly left over until the next day, may be sent to friends. But Basil said that we may send animals, beasts, and fowl, whether alive or shechted, as well as wines, oils, fine flowers, and kidneys, but not grain. Since grinding the grain could have been done before Yantiv without detracting from its taste, it's prohibited to be done. So once again.
The juggler masterfully juggling salt, spices, wood, and stone pestles, while doing borer up solace from kidneys, was touched when his neighbor sent him a cow as a present, along with wine and oil, anyantu. All right, now it's time for four blabat chazara. Dafyud. So the simmer dafyud is a minion of Yidin. So here goes. The minion of birdkeeper's minion. That must be more Daf Yud. The minion of birdkeeper's waiting for the tenth man, who is busy handling his dove from the first brood, which reminds us that the next mission discusses how the mux's status of the birds in the dovecote are removed. Beishamai say that one may not take doves from a dovecote on Yantav unless he handled those very doves, Erev Yantav. But Beishelos say it's sufficient that one stands before Yantav and says, I'll take this dove and that dove without actually handling them. Rabchanan Brahmi said that Malkokos is with the Brich Rishtona, the first brood of the season. So the minion of birdkeepers waiting for the tenth man who was busy handling his doves from the first brood were distraught as they saw that the white and black doves didn't stick to their color-coded dovecoats, which reminds us that the mission was coming to teach that in the case of finding white doves in the pigeonhole one had designated for black ones, and black ones in the pigeonhole that he designated for white ones, that there also for it might have occurred that the designated doves flew away, and these are different doves in the dovecoat. The Gemara suggests this supports Rabbi Chania's principle of Rov Vakarov Holach Acharov. When a conflict arises between the principles of majority and proximity, we follow the principle of Rov. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying that the case involves a dovecote with a platform in front of it, on which birds from elsewhere constantly roost. Therefore, even if one assumes the birds came from the closest location, there is still muksa since the majority of birds are muksa. So the minion of bird keepers waiting for the tenth man who was busy handling his doves from the first brood were distraught as they saw that the white and black doves didn't stick to their color-coded dovecoats, while young little bird left his group and hopped away. Which reminds us, we compare a case of designating three birds and finding only two, to putting aside two mana of Mysoshani and finding only one. Since birds hop around, it's presumed one wandered off, and therefore the other two are presumed to be from the original three. Whereas with the Mysoshani, the rebuttant hold that since people generally do not separate their Mysoshani money before taking it to Shalim, it must be the person forgot that he took all the Mysoshani money and replaced it with Chulim. Daf Yudolf, so the Simon Daf Yudolf is stars. So here goes. The cute little bird leading a trail of tiny stars. Stars? That must be more on Daf Yudolf. The cute little bird leading a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote, which reminds the Mishnah Daf Yudolf based state that if doves were inside the pigeonhole, when one designated them before Yantav, but the only doves he found in Yantav were on the ledge in front of the pigeonhole, they are prohibited. However, if before Yantav there were no birds there in the vicinity of the dovecote except these, then they are permitted. The Gemara clarifies the last cases where there is another pigeonhole within 50 amos, the Kogon to Kaim of a Karen Zavis. However, it's located on the other side of the corner of the building. The mission is coming to teach that a young bird will only continue to hop as long as it can turn around and see its pigeonhole. So the cute little bird leading a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner of the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a hide that was spread out for people to trample on, which reminds the Gemara why it's permitted to spread hides but not to spread chalev. If there's an equal concern if they were prohibited, people might refrain from shechni and yantam. The Gemara answers that in the case of the hide, it's not evident that it was spread out for tanning because it's also fit for sitting on. People assume the Rabbanim permitted it for sitting. But in the case of the chalev, people will say spreading it out would prevent spoilage. And they'll say, what difference does it make if I salt it or spread it out? And they'll come to salt chalev on yantam, which is a derisive prohibition. So the cute little bird leading the trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a hide that was spread out for people to trample on and was in front of a vendor that was putting back his window shutters. Which reminds us, Ula said, There are three cases in which the Rabbanim permitted their final phase on account of their initial phase. The first case is, placing a hide where it will be trampled on. If people are not allowed to spread a hide, 
They'll not shut. The second case is replacing shutters of vendors' stalls. If vendors have to leave their shutters open the entire day, they'll be reluctant to remove the shutters in the first place for people to purchase their needs for the yantav meal. And the third case is the replacement of a dressing on the wound of a kohen in the temple on yantav. If the kohen is prohibited from replacing the bandage, he might choose to keep it on and refrain from performing the avoda. Dafyid base. So the Zimmer Dafyid base is 12 brothers. So here goes. The parade of six brothers. Six brothers and the other one. Six brothers mentioned later on. Twelve brothers all together. That must be more on Duff. Yud Beis. The parade of six brothers carrying the loving Sivri Torah and their little sisters in Rishas Rabbi Yanyanta, which reminds us the next mission states, Beishamai say that we may not take out either a child, a louver, or Sivri Torah from Rishas Yachid to Rishas Rabbi Yanyanta, but Beishel permit it. Rashi explains that Beishamai hold that Hotzan Yantiv is prohibited for non-food related purposes. Rabbi Yitzhak Barabdimi said that a bright to the taught of a person shechs, a donated all on Yantiv is lash, must be Beishamai who does not hold a matoch. It's therefore forbidden to shecht an animal that will not be eaten, for if it was Basilu who hold a matoch, since hotel is permitted for a food-related purpose, it's also permitted for a non-food-related purpose. And here, too, they would say matoch. Since shechita was permitted for a food-related purpose, it's permitted when there's no food-related purpose, such as in this case of the Ola. So the parade of six brothers carrying loving Sifre Torah and their little sisters and riches of Rabbi and Yantiv pass a man carrying a sign and warning passers-by not to carry on Shabbos. Which reminds us, Rabbi questioned Rabbi Yitzhak Barabdimi's interpretation of the host between Bishon and Basil and suggested Dilma be'er v'hotzelah Shabbos vein er v'hotzelah yomtev k'mufigay. That perhaps they disagree whether the institution of Erev and the Malach of Hotzah applied to Shabbos but not to Yantav. Beisham may hold that Erev and Hotzah apply to Yantav as well, and therefore they prohibit carrying things not needed for food-related purposes. Whereas Beisham will hold that Erev and Hotzah do not apply to Yantav, and therefore permit carrying out things not needed for food purposes, such as a child who over saved a Torah. The Gemara brought the following Pasuk as a possible support, while Totsi Masmi Batechim Yom Shabbos, and do not carry a burden from your home on the day of Shabbos. We can infer from here that only on Shabbos is Hotzah prohibited, but not on Yantiv. And since the Malchokas is limited to Hotzah on Yantiv, even Basilo may agree that one of Shechs that donated all on Yantiv is Chai Malkas. And there is no basis for Yosef Barabdimi to say the price is consistent with Basilo. Rav Yosef challenges this explanation. So the parade of six brothers carrying a loving Sifrei Torah and their little sisters in Rishus Rabbim Yantiv passed a man carrying a sign and warning passers-by not to carry on Shabbos, while the other six brothers delivered challah and a heavy load of meat matanos to the neighborhood Cohen. Which reminds us, this Malchus Beisham Beisilo, whether one may deliver matanos and challah to a Cohen on Yantiv Beishamay draws a comparison to Truma, which Beisilo rejects. Daf Yud Gimel, so the Simmer Daf Yud Gimel is a Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. The Ben Levi Bar Mitzvah boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, that must be warned of Yud Gimel. The Ben Levi Bar Mitzvah boy, who proudly made wine from the Meister grapes he was given to give Truma's Meister, which reminds us, it was taught in Abraisa, that a Ben Levi to whom they gave ears of grain for his Meister, Osa Osengor, must make them fit for a granary, meaning he must completely process the wheat before separating Truma's Meister. And similarly, if he's given grapes, he must make them to wine and olives, he must make them to oil, and then he separates Truma's Meister from them and gives the Truma's Meister to a Kohen. For just as the Truma Gadol is not taken other than from the granary and from the wine press, so Truma's Meiser is not taken other than from the granary and the wine press. So the Ben Levi Bar Mitzvah boy who proudly made wine from the Meiser grapes he was given to give Truma's Meiser and knew to only give Truma's Meiser and not Truma Gadola from his Meiser. Which reminds us, Rabbi Shimon Lakish said, If one did the separation before separating Truma, while the grain was still in the ears, 
He's patron from Truma Gadol, as the Pasik says in reference to Maisr Shani, Raimosimenu Truma Sashem, Maisr Mina Maisr, and you shall separate from it Hashem's Truma a Maisr from the Maisr, which teaches us Maisr Mina Maisr, Martilcha, but Truma Gadol, but Truma's Maisr Mina Maisr. I told you, referring to Levi, to separate a Maisr from a Maisr, meaning Truma's Maisr, and not both Truma Gadol and Truma's Maisr from the Maisr. So the Ben Levi Bar Mitzvah boy who proudly made wine from the Meiser grapes he was given to give Truma's Meiser, and knew to only give Truma's Meiser and not Truma Gedor from his Meiser, had his guests peel off cups full of barley kernels to eat at a Shabbos Suda, which reminds us. The Gemara brought a mission from Meiser that ruled that one may not peel off barley kernels, collect them in his hand and eat them without first separating Meiser. Yet, the Gemara concluded based on the practice of Rav and Rav Yichia, that one may peel off and collect even cups full of kernels on Shabbos. Rav Shesh's braid Ravidi explained the difference between the halachas of Shabbos and Meiser in that regard to Shabbos, Malachas Machshevah's Asrator, the Torah prohibited only calculated labor, meaning a professional activity. Although peeling out barley kernels by hand is considered the Gemara Malachah for Meiser, it's permitted on Shabbos, for it's not a Malachas Machshevah's, a calculated professional labor. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichon, wishing a great day and great learning.